50 States of Terror may include content unsuitable for young audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Content warnings will be included in the show notes. Hello, world. It's me, your host, Anthony Diaz, and welcome to another episode of 50 States of Terror. As you can already tell, this is a little um, a little weird episode, a little out of the ordinary. You see, I am not in front of my laptop and talking to a computer. I am sitting in my car with the AC on and and talking to you because this episode is going to be a little more personal because we're talking about mental health mental health awareness you see and I didn't want to be in front of a computer talking to a microphone because I think that there is some type of um, entertainment aspect in it that it, I don't think it would come off, come off as disingenuous, but like more more of a more of a it, it didn't it wouldn't feel weird it it, would, it wouldn't feel right or it wouldn't feel real. So I decided you know when when and where can I do it? So I thought maybe I could just be in my I don't know, the garage and record it there. But then where do I have the most personal and zero distractions? Well, when I'm in my car waiting in line to pick up our son. So that's what I'm doing. And before this, I had this well thought out plan of attack on this, so to speak. I was going to do this semi-comical intro, this upbeat, um, you know, uh, with an upbeat intro and, and see, even right now my thoughts are escaping me. Um, but then I decided no, because that's that I don't want to take away from the fact of, of, of what we're going to talk about today. So again, I am sitting in my car recording this on my phone. Which hopefully I'll be able to upload into into Adobe and do all the the cool you know edits and release this episode. I had originally thought I was going to be able to do this much earlier in the month, and I had planned on hopefully uh, inviting back our good friend uh, Dr. Anthony Zocalillo, who did the episode last year with Kaylee and in and if you haven't heard that episode it is a wonderful wonderful episode and you should all do yourself a favor and listen to it um but you know we had trips planned I got sick and some changes are happening around here I honestly felt like if I was going to do this then I would need a little more time to prep. So I I waited and then I came up with this. I came up with just a a personal message and a personal 
conversation. Um, because what this feels like is it this feels like I'm talking to a friend. I'm talking to to someone on the other line of, of, on the phone. You know, there's no production value of 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 me talking to the microphone because I'm trying to entertain and I'm trying to get, you know, people to listen to the episode, you know? No, this is this is just I'm me talking to my friends. And when I was thinking about the topics, how to bring this up, how to how to make awareness of mental of mental health. Well, I guess the only way to do that is to tell you know, a couple of personal stories. You see, growing up, I was never introduced to mental health or taking care of, of oneself in that manner. I did grow up in a Catholic household. <clears throat> so if there was anything going on, there was this attitude that if you were feeling down, depressed, anxious, or what have you, while in school, I can maybe talk to a counselor. I never did. But the closest confidant that, that we were almost expected to go to was a priest, the man in the cloth. And oftentimes, it was, well, to me, a little beneficial not in the response that I was getting, but just the fact that I was actually talking to somebody about what was going on. And I didn't start doing that until late in years. Because growing up, we were just told to deal with it. This weird feeling that you might have. And I couldn't label it. I didn't know what it was. Depression, anxiety, um, imposter syndrome, um, <clears throat> Because it's a real thing that teenagers and young adults go through. Now more than ever, because growing up in high school in the mid-90s is way different from growing up in high school today. And the old cliche is, well, in my day, I didn't have cell phones and, and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And these kids do. And their lives are posted all the time. And that fear of being accepted is there all the time. Now, I may tell myself that at the time that I just didn't give a shit. And I kind of didn't. I, I wasn't trying to be the most popular kid in school. I was just trying to be me for what I like to do. And it wasn't until I was much, much older and realized that all of these negative feelings that I was feeling about myself were A, valid, and B, needed to be hashed out. After high school, I made my attempt to go to college and had my first real shock of what depression and anxiety looked like. And at the time, I had people to talk to and nine times out of 10, just talking about it helped me logically realize that I was either in my own head, I was getting down on myself because I was either rejected or disappointed 
or nothing was nothing was fitting into place and then 9/11 happened i was a freshman in, in college well sophomore in college and the real anxiety of what was happening in the world around me finally kicked in because i was living in the moment almost all the time i wasn't too concerned about world affairs because it didn't it didn't affect me at all i was too bu- i was too busy worrying about how i was going to try to get a 12 pack of beer and a and where we were going to party at i wasn't worrying about these world issues and i think that's when i became aware of how everything around affects your health specifically your mental health because it was truly a scary time now i don't know how old you listeners are but for me i was <clears throat> at that age of complete complete awareness and and a switch went off that's when i was more involved in world economics world um issues um politics and then i started to figure out how the actual world works which made me even more depressed <laughs> and it, i was sad i was sad at the time too because i allowed myself to live in this small little bubble like if i just kept my nose down and if i just kept doing what i was told go to work get money and and do all of these things that you're supposed to do then everything around me would just be fine i can just ignore it kind of but then something happened when 9/11 hit and my father who at the time was still active duty military left i had this sense of i needed to do something as well so i joined the military specifically i joined the marines now military mental health is a is a beast all in itself mainly because you had a job to do and you're expected to do it all the time with any outcome whatsoever any major emotional outcome you just kept on doing what you're supposed to do because that's your mission that's what you're supposed to do you know when you're in your early 20s and you are hearing KIAs coming in and you're hoping that none of them are your friends it starts to take its toll now me personally i am not a combat veteran and even and even that in itself i have i've found that there's a lot of stigma behind that like you're almost shunned from other veterans who are combat vets and but i i but i digress that's that's a whole different topic so spending 5 years in the military you learn a lot you learn a lot about life and you become this well-oiled machine of a person that is expected to make decisions all the time on the spot right or wrong you just have to make a choice and i think i think towards the end of my enlistment 
is when I started to feel that the pressure itself and the atmosphere was just getting a little bit too much. You know, I was not getting, I was not getting, you know, promotions. I wasn't getting my way in a lot of things um, because I was kind of like a workaholic, which I'll explain later too, like how work affects, you know, me personally and how I deal with mental health. Well, you know what? I'll just say, I'll just say it right now. Um, I, I find myself diving into work to get away from issues that are that are occurring, <clears throat> even when it's work that is causing the issues. It's always been a way to just kind of distract myself. But I digress. So going back to the military, you know, it was it was stressful. It was hard. But you know, I did it and I did it on the premise of thinking that I was doing the right thing at the time. And also with this mentality that I felt like it was something that I was supposed to do, you know, there at, growing up there, there, there is this blueprint that we, we, we followed that we had to follow to make sure that we were going to be okay for the rest of our lives, school, college or military work, retire, done. That's it, you know, and then finding out that all that is a lie. Well, I mean, it it does, that does also play into the whole, you know, depression, and anxiety thing about what's going on in our society. But I knew that I had some issues of depression and anxiety, um, leaving the military. Now, whether or not I had these things before and they were just exaggerated, um, during the military, I don't know, but trying to look for help after the, my military service is when I started to, to find out that everything about this whole spectrum of military and I'm, I'm sorry, not military, but mental health is just completely broken. One thing in particular is when I was, when I was already out and the culture within, <clears throat> excuse me, the culture within the military as a whole is, you know, you don't talk to, to doc about what's going on in your head. You know, what you do is you try to figure out a way to deal it with yourself. Go to the gym, go for a run. Um, and of course, drink a lot of alcohol. So I found myself while in the military, being able to put away a case of beer on any, any day, just drink after work until I fell asleep, just so I can feel better and wake up <clears throat> at like 4.30, 4.45, get in PT formation, go do a 10 mile run, come back, go to work you know, and, and fight off depression and fight off anxiety and fight off all these things, gym, running, physical activity and drink a shit ton of beer. Now it wasn't until I got out when I realized that maybe this wasn't very healthy. So I found myself getting angry and very short tempered on how things were run outside of the military. 
say what you will about about military, but if something needed to be done, it was done. If there was an issue, it was handled. Because the bigger picture meant more than a a a stupid, you know, quarrel between two people. And that's how it was that's how it was ran. That's that's what I, that's what I was used to. So after the military, I used my GI Bill and I went to school. And I remember sitting in college classes being relatively much older than the majority of the people there. And it got to me like how like how just disrespectful a lot of people were. But then I realized they weren't being disrespectful. They were being open-minded. Now, people in class who were, you know, causing a, a, a ruckus and fuss during class. Okay, those people were, were being dicks. But these, a lot of these, well, kids were questioning a lot about life and about society and the way things were ran and and um, questioning injustices and things like that. And, and, and then... While I was in college, you know, again, I found myself battling depression and anxiety and I was trying to find like-minded people. So I started joining organizations. I started joining the Student Veterans of America. I was going to VFW meetings, American Legion meetings, and I, I again found myself in this kind of a spiral that before I can just, you know, work it out with my, with my, with my Marines, but that wasn't the case. I was alone. So I attempted to, to, uh, to reach out to the VA because that's, that's where you're supposed to go. Right. My first attempt to see somebody at the VA, they told me it was going to be like six months until I get an appointment. If I needed to talk to somebody to reach out to, the crisis hotline. I wasn't gonna gonna reach out to the crisis hotline. I just wanted to talk to somebody real quick. I wasn't going to to well, I wasn't going to commit suicide or anything. I didn't think that way. Then I started to actually think that way <laughs> because it, there it was to me to me while everything around me was starting just to get overwhelming and 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 a little bit too much. So when I did try to talk to somebody, there was nobody there to listen to. And that's when I I relied a lot on my friends and my family, and I'm very grateful and lucky to have that. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't have that ability to do, to to have an outlet like that. And then I I got, you know, uh, started dating and then my then girlfriend became my fiance and then became my wife and then learning more about mental health through her. And what's funny is I learned more about mental health and how to treat it and how to help on my own with her on TikTok videos than I did talking to somebody. And it's, it's just a weird feeling. Now, 
That doesn't mean that I never got to talk to somebody. When I did finally get to talk to people, it helped tremendously. But I also feel feel like I was able to do that because I had, you know, insurance. I can I can afford insurance and I was able to talk to people about what was going on. And a lot of people don't have that ability to. So yeah. Mental health is one of those things that it's it's overlooked too much. In my opinion it is. Now it 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 now it isn't though. See beforehand I thought I thought it was it was overlooked, but now it's not because I mean to tell you the truth, I'm not joking. Like the the amount the amount of education I have gotten from TikTok videos is astonishing. The amount of the amount of education that I have received about depression, anxiety, ADHD, um, RSD, uh, um, um, uh, rejection disorder, all all of these things that that uh, I did not know one hundred percent about. That at one point I was like, just deal with it. Now I'm seeing how people are are coping with it and how they're dealing with it and how they're diagnosed and, and ways to, uh, ways to help TikTok videos. It's, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a curse and a blessing curse in a way that you're glued to, to videos, trying to, <laughs> trying to like, <laughs> trying to get information, but a blessing because people are actually like putting themselves out there and talking about it. Because I guarantee you before this, nobody was. And if they were, sometimes they were branded as something, which is horrible. But yeah, this is random babblings from a modern B podcast host. (laughs) But look, there are avenues out there. There are people who are willing to listen. I personally have had a number of friends who outside military service felt like the, the only way to feel better was to end their life. And I regret that I didn't talk to them. And I regret that I never reached out on social media to say hi before they did it. And, and how it came up is was equally disturbing and and a, a punch in the gut. You know, random messages come up from old friends and we just start talking and like, hey, have you heard from so-and-so? And then a little bit of silence and then they tell you. And it's like, shit. Then you feel anger because... They're friends. Why didn't they talk? Why didn't they come text me or, or, or message me on, on Facebook or Instagram or something? But then you, you just have to, you have to realize that sometimes they just, they just can't talk. And you wish they would. You wish they would have. But there are people out there who will listen. I'm, I'll put, I'll put uh, some resources in the show notes too. But off the top of my head, I know there's nine eight eight. That's a that's a hotline. Uh, NAMI. I just I just heard about NAMI yesterday. 
the National Alliance on Mental Illness, the ADAA, the Trevor Project. There, there's, there's, some, there's some really good people out there who are willing to listen. So yeah, thank you for, for listening. Um, like I said, I, I really didn't know how this was going to go. I was just going to wing it and see what happens. If you're feeling down, depressed, anxious, angry, just talk to somebody. I know it's easier said than done. Because believe me, it took a, it takes a lot of gut to, to open up and talk. But I'm learning that you have to do it. Because keeping all that shit inside, man, that it, it eats at you. <clears throat> and it only makes it worse. So talk to somebody. Yeah. Even if, even if it's only just for a minute, just open up. All right, guys. Later. This has been an episode of 50 States of Terror, brought to you by your host, Anthony Diaz. You can find the show on Facebook and Instagram at 50 States of Terror. On Twitter, you can find the show at 50 States Terror, without the of, you know, because of the character limitations. You can also find the show on TikTok, 50SOT Podcast. Email at the50SOT at gmail.com. That's the or the 50SOT at gmail.com. And of course, if you want to support the show, please, you may at patreon.com slash 50 states of terror. Thank you and happy hunting. Later. <laughs>